What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Junkyard. I am your host, Junkyard James. WrestleMania weekend was this weekend, this past weekend, and I got a lot of things to say about it. So you know what? Let's get into it. Let's get going with The Junkyard. I said I got a lot to say about WrestleMania weekend. A little bit of positive, a little bit of negative. So let's just get going into it. For the most part, I thought it was pretty palatable for both the casual fan, you know, that's so important apparently, and for the the hardcore wrestling fan. Um, the people like me who have these podcasts and like to to hear themselves talk about professional wrestling um for the most part it was a really good show night one was almost flawless night two started really slow picked up a little bit and had a really good ending um but there was some negatives and i don't want to crack down on all of them there's a couple a couple key things i want to really get to for wrestlemania weekend and there were, I would say, four gems, four matches that were total gems throughout the entire weekend. The first one, in my opinion, is the four or the eight-man tag showcase on night one between the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, um, oh, shoot, I can't remember the other teams. Oh, all of a sudden, hold on, give me one second here. Um, Street Profits, Alpha Academy, uh, Braun and Ricochet, and the Viking Raiders. All eight men in this match put on an absolute showcase of talent. What big men can do, what tiny cruiserweight size people can do. It was just a great match. One of the best tag matches I've seen uh, in, a, in a while from WWE. Um I honestly would have loved to see this turn into something more. It was just a SmackDown showcase. The Street Profits one, that's great. But I don't think they're going to get a push out of this. It was a great individual match just to put some people on the card. I think it was what the purpose of that match was. Night Night 1 also had a stud of a co-main event, or this, um, which was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair battling for the uh, SmackDown uh, women's title. And this should have been the main event. I, I love Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Usos, but this women's match should have been the main event um, of night one. It was the best match of that night overall, and Rhea Ripley gets to win. I think the right person ends up winning, honestly, because I'm tired of Charlotte Flair getting these spots at WrestleMania every year. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley... She's going to be a legit champion, and this is a an instance, a rare instance, where WWE actually gives a shit about the fans and what the fans want. Either that or, you know, a, a broken clock strikes twice, 
or strikes right twice a day, maybe they just lucked their way into giving us what the fans really wanted. Because as you see here later, they don't always give the fans what I think the fans want. Night two, like I said, it started really slow, but I had two gems on uh, night two as well. The first one was the triple threat for the Intercontinental title between Gunther, uh, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that Gunther retained. I thought they were going to give it to Sheamus as the lead up to, you know, this is the only title that he hasn't won. Um, Drew was put in this match, and honestly, I don't think there's much left for Drew, Drew McIntyre. Um, his contract ends on, I think, July, and a lot of rumors have it that he's not going to resign with the WWE. So I, I kind of see this as the end of the road for Drew McIntyre again in the WWE. Um, maybe he gets a spot um, early in the month of July when they go to Money in the Bank and he gets a good match, a good send-off match maybe in his in England there. Um, I don't know what... What comes out of it for Drew McIntyre? I don't know what comes out of it for Sheamus um, because I really thought he could have won this match and propelled himself, you know, to another feud, to the next guy. But Gunther, which was the guy I was pulling for, he ended up winning. I love Gunther. I love Imperium. They're one. They're as much as I hate the bloodline, and you know how much I hate the bloodline. I think it's stale. I think all of them kind of suck in their own individual ways. I think Imperium could have an opportunity to be a really good stable in the end. If, if they were given the push that the Bloodline has been given, Imperium would be really a better version of the Bloodline, a, just a dominant force, in my opinion. I love Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci, and Gunther. They're all equally great, in my opinion. Um, Kaiser and Vinci, great tag team, um, and... Gunter being the, the powerhouse of the group is just so great. Um, and he can carry this intercontinental title for as long as he wants, in my opinion, if he can con continue to put on great matches in the ring. I kind of have a, a, the backwards philosophy of a lot of people. And maybe this is why WWE maybe it doesn't suit my flavor of wrestling. I tend to care about the in-ring work more than the storyline behind the in-ring work. The story can be great, but the match suck, and it ruins the entire plot. It ruins the entire story if your in-ring work sucks. You can you can be the greatest promo guy, and that's, I think, for the reason why I think MJF may grow stale. It's because he's not the greatest in-ring worker. He's just a great loudmouth trash talker which that has a lot of, of, of work to do to become really good in the ring. He's decent. He can put on pretty good matches, but I don't think he can be the ringleader right now. I don't think he can he can call a match with a an up-and-comer and it be clean and perfect and spotless. That's why I think you've seen right now they've, his feuds have been CM Punk, Brian Danielson, um, people that have been in wrestling for quite a while, Moxley, people like them who can who can help call a match and, and help MJF get better at the craft. MJF is still young, so he has a lot of time to work on it. And so I think if there's one thing about MJF, that's it right there. He's not a good, in, a, the best in-ring worker right yet. But anyway, back to WrestleMania. Gunter is a great in-ring worker. He may not be the most charismatic guy or the best talker or whatever. I don't care. You put on good matches. I'm going. I'm going to enjoy it. 
And then the fourth, the fourth match that I thought was really good, and it was, it's going to be up there for match of the year at the end of the year. I just hate the ending. It is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. And I don't hate the ending simply because Roman won. I hate the ending because it's the only way Roman wins is by interference. I, I, I would be, I would have been okay if Roman would have won dirty, but in some other way. It's so predictable. At some point, right before the 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 baby face wins, there's going to be a ref bump, and then there's going to be some form of interference that gives Roman the win. And I hate that they consistently back to back to back give us the same match over and over again with no differences in the story. There's no difference in the match. Each match of Roman Reigns, take a look at his match at uh, was it Elimination Chamber with Sammy. Same thing. Interference, a couple ref bumps, Sammy loses when he was about to win the match. And I get it, Roman's a heel. He's not supposed to, you know, win clean a lot of the time or whatever. But change it up a little bit. It's the same story. And I want to sit here and cook for a minute on this this feud with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Because if it was me in charge, I would have had Cody Rhodes winning simply because this would have been the the best opportunity for the WWE to create a John Cena-esque caliber babyface and shoot Cody Rhodes to the moon. But instead, they're going to let Roman Reigns win this match and what, not wrestle for three or four or five more months? Give it to SummerSlam or Survivor Series or fuck it, maybe even Royal Rumble next year. Who knows when we see Roman wrestle again? Because all they want, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, the, the, the reason I feel like this is happening is they want to say they have a wrestler to get to a 1,000 days as champion. And I understand that. I understand they want this championship, but the feud is stale. The the, the storyline is boring. And instead of capitalizing on the the um, character arc of Cody Rhodes, where he's now he was on top of the world or almost to the top of the mountain, then falls all the way to the bottom and now has to work his way back up. We've seen that before with John Cena. We've seen it with Daniel Bryan. We, we don't need to see it again with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was there. If he would have won this match, he would have been at the top of the mountain. There would have been no need to push him all the way back down. Instead, you should have focused. If I was the WWE, I would have said, let's not focus on Cody Rhodes falling and gaining his way back up because he kind of already had that moment. Remember last year, he comes in, fights Seth Rollins, uh, training for his match uh, at, uh, was it Hell in a Cell? Tears his pec. Now the redemption story of him coming back and getting the winning the money in the bank and or, uh, the Royal Rumble and... What? Nothing comes out of him winning the Royal Rumble. It, it was pointless. It was pointless. It was just a way to get him to fight Roman and lose. And at the end of the day, why have him? Why? You could have had somebody else win the Royal Rumble and put Cody Rhodes in a match at Elimination Chamber if all you wanted to do was get to the point of him losing. Especially losing the way he did. And then to have him come out on Monday night and, and be treated like garbage Cody Rhodes is weak as fuck right now me as a a, a a wrestling fan can see no way that Cody Rhodes has any opportunity 
to gain the title. It, it means nothing now. It would have meant so much more to let Cody Rhodes win this belt. Let Roman go on his five-month vacation like he always wants to. Roman loves to go on vacation during the summer. And then come back and continue the feud with Roman and Cody and continue the the feud at like SummerSlam or Royal Rumble next year and focus not on the rise of Cody, but on the fall of the bloodline. That would have been a better story to tell because we've already seen the fall of Cody when he tore his peck and he had to rehab and he had to, to do all of that again. And now he wins the money in the bank and it me or the now he wins the Royal Rumble. And it means absolute nothing. It, it, it means nothing that he won the Royal Rumble because he fought Roman Reigns and lost. You, this has been two pay-per-views in a row where WWE has had the opportunity to have a babyface win a match against Roman Reigns. And that would have pushed that babyface into almost legend status. John Cena status as a babyface because they beat Roman Reigns and it could have led to the fall of the bloodline. And they decided to go and give Roman the win. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But let me tell you, it's just terrible booking in my opinion. And I get it. But WWE, and this is where we, me and WWE has our disagreements, is WWE wants to tell a story in a soap opera sense where we're going to get the the – protagonist gets beat up and now there's this redemption story and and there's there seems to be a belief that if Cody Rhodes goes through all these trials and tribulations that he's about to go through for the next five six seven eight nine ten months however long shit this might carry on till Wrestlemania next year before the storyline ends who knows and then Cody wins the belt at that point do the fans even care? Because you're going to have the casual fans that love it, that love the story arc, the character development. And then you're going to have the the marks, the people like me, the people with the the microphones who love to talk about it, who who just is just like this is a year too late. This is a year too late, because it should have been this past weekend that Cody Rhodes won the belt, because you could have you could have pushed Cody to build another baby face. For me, wrestling should be to have a baby face be so strong and so loved by the fans that you get someone that's a young heel and then you build a heel. There's the character development for the new, the young heel. And and they beat this the, the, the baby face that is adored by the fans. Now you have the super strong heel and you build a new baby face. And that's how you continually build characters. That's that way you don't have stale product. You don't have Roman Reigns winning every match in the same way like he has been for the past year and a half. Where it's ref bump, interference, Roman wins by the, the skin of his teeth. And it gets boring because to be completely honest with you, I probably will not watch another episode of Monday Night Raw or uh, SmackDown until WrestleMania season next year. Because we're, we're not going to see a new champion. We're not going to see Roman on any TV for the next whoever knows how many months. There's no point in me watching it. I'm not going to get anything out of it, especially and, and I'll get to it in a minute, when you don't put on any wrestling on your show, it's just three hours of garbage. 
I understand the character, the, the, the way that WWE wants to tell this story. I get it. You don't have to explain to me. I don't want to see people put in the comments, you don't understand the story. You don't understand that this is going to make Cody bigger. It's going to be a year too late. Cody Rhodes should have won last Sunday. Not a year from now, not six months from now, because you're going to have the hardcore fans. You have to understand that wrestling fans have the shortest attention spans of any fan base ever. And there has to be a time when, and and, and I'll, I'll blame Tony Khan for doing the same thing. He messed up too. At um, All Out last year, he had the acclaimed lose to Swerve in Your Glory. He made it up a couple weeks later at the Arthur Ashe show. And the pop was great, but it wasn't as good as had the acclaimed one at All Out. And you're going to think that was two or three weeks later. And, and it wasn't it wasn't a great pop. It really wasn't. Compared to what it could have been at the United Center, it really wasn't. I think that's a big mistake for, for AEW. And I think WWE has a chance of running into this same mistake where they're going to give Cody the, the, the win over Roman in a couple months. And we're the, the diehard wrestling fans are not going to care. They're not going to care. All right, and so WrestleMania ends. What happens on Monday? The, the best part about WrestleMania weekend is you get Sunday, the show ends, and then Monday night, you get new, you're supposed to get new stories built and new people entering into, into the picture. The night after WrestleMania, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is my favorite Monday Night Raw of the year. It's one of the only Monday Night Raws that I will not miss because it's supposed to be the best of the year. It's supposed to be the kickoff of, quote-unquote, the new season of the of the story, of the show. And so it's supposed to be really good. And earlier Monday morning, we heard that the WWE had been sold to Endeavor, which is the parent company of the UFC. And we also find out that Vince McMahon is basically back in control of creative. And, and, it, and it showed in the product on Monday night. It showed in the product. The first hour was advertised as ad-free, as commercial-free. And we got we had one match the entire first hour that lasted for one minute and 30 seconds. It was the Omos match, which I have my own gripes about that. You have Omos lose to Brock Lesnar and then come out Monday and expect me to believe that he's some unbeatable giant again. It makes absolutely no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But again, Vince McMahon's in control, and Omos is a Vince McMahon guy. Omos is a Vince McMahon guy. And so, after Monday Night Raw, well, let's just say this. The entirety of Monday Night Raw is three hours long. It's a three-hour show on Monday nights. Everybody knows that. Well, combined, you would think... Maybe you would have about an hour, an hour and a half of in-ring work, right? Cut cut the show in half of in-ring work, build some character development and promos and sponsorship segments and stuff. 
but you're going to have a little bit of in-ring work. There was a total of 29 minutes and 30 seconds of in-ring work during the entire three-hour show. I fell asleep halfway through, and I don't think I missed anything relevant. We had one surprise, I guess if you can call it a surprise, a return from Matt Riddle that turned into really nothing. He what came back to beat up the Miz for a minute or two. The last ten minutes of the show, we were we were promised like a a WrestleMania uh, rematch type thing. It's Solo Sokoa and and Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar of all people teaming up with Cody Rhodes. Brock beats the shit out of Cody Rhodes for ten straight minutes at the end of the show. There there was really nothing. They bamboozled us to, to stay for three hours of shit. For no reason, it's Vince McMahon all over again in control of creative. And so I subscribe to Fightful's Patreon, and so I get a, uh, a all of their like after shows, after Raw shows. And so I, I typically don't like to listen to them a lot, but I decided to turn into Alex Sour Gra- Grapes or Grops or however you say it, Graps. Um, And he summed it up pretty perfectly about how I feel about the WWE when he says this. These brilliant performers who now work for a melting wax sculpture of Clark Gable. It is it is the it is the end, the end times for WWE. They're never gonna be good again. Why would they? Then and they're probably also going to start charging you. $50 $50 a pop for pay-per-views. Who's buying that shit now? Oh, buddy, if we didn't have it expensed, I would not. That's exactly how I feel. Vince McMahon is in control again. And the product is going to be shit again. Just when WWE was looking like they were promi- up promising... You know, showing signs of progress, promising progress. Vince McMahon has to take the realm again. He's like third in control of Endeavor now. And that's scary. That's really scary to me. There's a rumor that this Friday, there's going to be a bunch of fans who are going to yell fire Vince all night long. I think they'll get shut down. I don't think anything will come of it, but. They want the hashtag to to go viral on Twitter. The fans don't want Vince McMahon back. There's rumors of a lot of in-ring competitors that don't want Vince McMahon back. And maybe it played a part in them losing the hottest free agent in the market, Jay White, who debuted in AEW yesterday. Because from what Fightful has said, there were people in the WWE as of this Monday who thought that Jay White was still going to sign with them. And yet he signs with AEW. Was is it because Vince is back? I don't know. I can't be certain. I don't have in ring I don't have contacts in any of the companies. But maybe it played a part. And going back to Roman and Cody for a minute, we have the ending of Raw which was just a pile of shit and in another heaping pile of shit with Brock Lesnar beating the ever-living fuck out of Cody Rhodes for the last 10 minutes of the show. 
And what I would deem Vince McMahon doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. He holds grudges. You tried, Cody, you built a company that tried to compete with me. I I took you away from them, and now you're going to suffer. It's a joke, but I, I honestly wonder how long is it until Cody Rhodes is back in the Stardust gear? How long? I think Vince doesn't trust Cody to hold the belt. I think Vince doesn't want Cody to hold the belt. He doesn't want him to be bigger than John Cena. He wants Austin Theory to be the head babyface. I really think it. And a time when WWE needs all the babyface help that it can, can get. And you have an opportunity to get the biggest babyface in your company's history since John Cena was a full-time guy. You squander it. And like I said, I, I follow, I subscribe to Fightful on Patreon. And, and after Raw, um, Denise Salcedo and Sean Ross Sapp had their, their thoughts. And, and Denise covered it pretty good when she said this about her thoughts about Cody Rhodes losing to Roman Reigns on Sunday. And, and put this in mind. Keep this in mind. WWE hired contracted out Denise Salcedo for WrestleMania weekend. She was a a commentator on the pre-show for WWE, paid by the WWE, and this is her reaction to the to what happened WrestleMania weekend. Expecting to not see Cody Rhodes as champion. Um and so I don't think he was buried, but I also don't think that um to me, look, I'm gonna be honest, okay? I'm gonna be honest. To me when Cody Rhodes lost last night to Roman Reigns, I felt that that was them saying, you're not the guy. That's the way that I read that in that specific moment. Now, they may give him the belt later on down the line. Cool. But in that specific moment, when he did not win the championship at WrestleMania, I felt that was them saying, you are not the guy. And um, I'm sorry. And it sucked. It really sucked because obviously I was rooting for Cody to get his moment, but that's the way that I read that moment. Um, it feel like it felt like they didn't have the trust or belief to put those belts on Cody Rhodes. And I agree with Denise a hundred percent. I don't feel like they trust Cody. I don't think they believe in Cody. I think that this was a um this was Vince's attempt to stop the progress of AEW. He knew that Cody Rhodes wanted to get the title, and he was going to get him as close as he could to that moment and then pull the rung underneath him. I don't think Cody Rhodes is the guy that beats Roman Reigns. I don't think Cody Rhodes gets another title opportunity anytime soon. He's going to be stuck in the mid-card. He's going to be the guy that he wished could get there. Same thing with Sami Zayn. He's never going to get another world title opportunity. They squandered the two most over baby faces. They squandered the opportunity to get one of them to super super mega baby face status. This is this is Cody's punishment for trying to dethrone WWE, and he signed over the company. He signed over to the uh, to the WWE again, and now this is his punishment. He had his 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 time at the top. He almost got to the top of the mountain, and that's where it ends for Cody. That's what I honestly think 
about this opportunity here. It wouldn't surprise me if the star, Stardust gear comes back out. Because I don't think Vince sees Cody Rhodes as a top babyface. And he could have been. And I think the issue with the WWE is the guy calling the shots. Is that Vince McMahon is more concerned about money in his pocket than what the fans want and what's best for the company overall. Triple H came out to start Monday Night Raw and he made this passionate speech. And and I think everybody on the, on the face level thought it was like WWE is going to be the same as it has been. That endeavor, that UFC isn't going to change any of that. What I think Triple H was insinuating was that Vince McMahon is back. And so what you had to come to expect while he was, before he was gone, before he left, before he quote unquote retired, that's what you're going to get again. I think, I think it wasn't a stick with me. Nothing's going to change. It was a it was a warning that it's going back to the Vince McMahon type show. And if that's the case, I'll see y'all next WrestleMania season. But I could care less about the WWE at that point. I'm not going to say AEW is perfect because there certainly has its flaws. But let me tell you something. Tony Khan cares about his company. He cares about what the fans think about his company. And he he will alter a story to give a, give a superstar who's earned it or a tag team that's earned it their moment. We've seen it with the acclaimed. We've seen it countless times where someone works hard, gets their moment, and then the story is built around that. Sometimes you have to call an audible. Sometimes you have to call an audible in pro wrestling. When the fans are over, when the wrestler gets over and the crowd is hot and and the pop would be great for a superstar to get a W, sometimes you're going to have to rework the story and call an audible. And speaking of calling audibles, tune in tonight at 9 p.m., Eastern Time, same channel as this on YouTube, for the Calling Audibles podcast. I'll be there, same cast. My brother is the host. There's me, there's Cody, Josh, and Jeremy. We're going to be talking about some uh, NFL draft topics, some of the top prospects on the offensive side of the ball tonight. That's the Calling Audibles podcast on the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page. But for today in the junkyard, I think it's time to close the lid on the can. I will see y'all next time. I think I think I'm gonna do another live episode of uh, maybe recapping or getting ready for um, double or nothing. I think will be the next time I try to do this live. I'm I want to try and put audio only stuff out as um as much as humanly possible built around my my uh, day job schedule. So um, 
I thank you all for tuning in. If you tuned in, please comment and like and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. But for now, this is Junkyard James. And this has been another episode of The Junkyard.